Hey, this is Kieran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Karen M. Gillespie with us. Karen is a certified master life coach. Her passion is all about helping women break free from any limitations and fully embrace their authenticity. You have got some amazing talents and potential, and her goal is to help you tap into them. So, with that said, let's welcome our today's guest, Karen. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, very curious to know about you and tell us about how you got into coaching. I've been naturally coaching people all of my life. I have people approach me with their challenges. I've always had the knack for helping people through those challenges. I was going to be a therapist and talk to some therapists that I know, and they encouraged me to try and do coaching. There's a little more freedom in coaching and, and more in my style of help. So I, during the pandemic, I thought that research and researched and, and I decided to go get my certification in coaching. And so that's here I am. Coaching it was. After you became a coach, there must have been many success stories that you have witnessed. If there are any success stories, any client success stories that you are really proud of or the client success stories that are on the top of the mind right now, please share. I'm proud of all my clients there phenomenal, brave women. One comes to mind though, she was referred by her therapist to me and I always give a 30 to 45 minute complimentary meeting just to see if there's a fit between the two of us. And she showed up to the meeting and immediately started crying, explaining to me that every facet of her life was wrong and she needed help really getting it back together. She had just come out of a codependent relationship with someone. She didn't have a voice at her job. She wasn't in control of her money and her upbringing was really rough. So we started from the beginning and I got some back history on her, where she was coming from, her origins. And we came down to that she just didn't have any boundaries. She just didn't even, nobody had modeled them for her or taught her or even said that she could have them. And she didn't really feel worthy of boundaries. So we went to work on her boundaries and identified where those areas were lacking, where her self-worth was tied up and, and lack of self-worth. And so we started slow and parents were going to come into town and usually they'd overtake her and we set up a system. Okay, how are we going to hold and protect you while your parents are in town? And she did it beautifully. She was so brave, stood up to them that, you know what, this is what I will do and this is what I will not put up with. And And she's taken that into every facet of her life. And in about two months' time, she completely changed her whole way of seeing herself. She holds herself protected. People are only allowed to come into her life that deserve her and her time. She has a voice at work where they respect what she does and her voice matters to them and they make changes around what she says. Her domain, whether people can come into her home, what they can do in her home. So she's really holding herself. And I'm just in two months time, she's changed her whole life. And it's just really inspiring. And I just helped see her. Basically, I was like, look, you see yourself one way and there's another way to look at it. And all of a sudden she started to believe that part of her. And yeah, I'm, she's phenomenal. Very brave. She sure is. And if we were to ask you, not about this particular plan, but in general, are there any steps, methodologies, strategies, or questions or anything that you tend to ask or tend to use to, to help a client gravitate from a point A to point? A lot of times we need to figure out the origins of what they're stuck on. What 
lot of times the, the inner critic, that person, that, that thing that says you shouldn't do that, you will fail is really prevalent with a lot of the women that I work with most people, with everyone. I think you could probably, you could identify an inner critic. So we start to realize my questions are what's stopping you? What are the voices that are saying? What if you did move forward in this aspect? What comes up for you? A lot of the times I, in their intake form, I ask them, how do I best treat you? And how are, how can I serve you better? And a lot of them are like, be honest, be honest with me. Sometimes you can be brutally honest with me or sometimes be nice, be kind, but let me know what you're seeing. So it really depends on the client, the questions, but I really like to hear what they're not saying. And that means the off comments that they say, they'll be telling me their story and what they want me to believe. And then they'll say, I don't know. I'm just, that's probably silly. Then we'll go into the, okay, let's talk about that. Where's that coming from? Where's the silly part coming from? And then we really get into another layer, a lot deeper into what's really going on with them. Sometimes I never believe a client when they tell me what they're telling me. They want a story and then we get to another story and that's the real story. And they're like, they didn't even know they weren't even seeing real stories. It's really individual and they go down their own pathway. As far as methodologies, like I said, there's inner critic is, is prevalent in every person that we know. And also boundaries are always something that we, we can really work on. So those are the two things that I find are the common denominator in my client, really working on those, empowering them to use the methodologies around befriending your inner critic. Like your inner critic is somebody who wants to protect you. Don't do it. You'll fail. And that'll be horrible. And we talk to the inner critic and we're like, you're protecting me. Why don't you go sit down and you can watch me excel and we'll see. And then boundaries are Especially women in certain cultures, boundaries are their root. If you say, no, I'm not going to put up with that. That's rude. And we need to get past that. And we need to be like, no, it's actually self-care. It's letting the other person know how to treat you successfully. So I hope that answered the question. It does. It does. And okay. let's elaborate on the inner critic because inner critic, if you, even if you tell them to please be seated and let me excel, They'll still come back and hold you and tell you like, what's going on. Don't go. It's fire out there. Don't go. It'll burn you. So how? Give us some more tactics. Give us some more information on how to deal with it. So a lot of times we, I'll take my clients through a visualization. What are we seeing? What does this inner critic look like? What would you name this inner critic? A lot of us look at our inner critic as inside us. There, we are the inner critic, right? It's just this part of us that comes out, this ugly part of us. But if we can separate the inner critic from who we are, then we can see them for what they are. And we can't get rid of them. We don't want to get rid of them. They will protect us. Sometimes the inner critic is very informative. And so we don't keep making the same mistakes over and over. But we have to see the difference between the one that is in, that is telling us don't do it because you'll fail or don't do this because it's not your best use of time. Let's really look at the focus and let's keep going. And a lot of times I'll have my clients name the inner critic kind of in a funny kind of sort of way, really heartedly look at this inner critic. And sometimes it's hard. I had a client who her inner critic was her foster mom. And that was the voice that raised her saying, you'll, you'll be nothing, you're ugly, there's nothing you can do in this life. And that inner critic has driven her to be very successful, but she never sees herself as successful. And in that regard, that's trauma. And that's something that a coach can only take you so far. But that's at that point in our relationship, I 
was like, until you heal from this trauma in your life, you will run up against this really mean inner critic and it will inhibit you from seeing yourself the way you are. So knowing that the inner critic is not, is a part of you, but we can separate it and let it, we can silence it a little bit and then really empowering our inner mentor, the part that knows us, the part that can empower us and say, you know what, you got this. And then that quiets that, that inner critic a little bit more. Thank you so much for putting the light on it and enlightening us on yeah. that. Karen, next question to you is about attaining goals. So we all have goals. So let's say there is a particular goal for an entrepreneur that they want to achieve. What would you suggest the first few steps be so that the road is much more smoother than the hardship? If somebody came to me and they were like, hey, I have this goal start this business or whatever, we get really down and dirty into when they've been successful in their life. And so we look at, okay, when's the time that you've been successful? Oh, I ran a marathon or I got my certification X, Y, and Z. Okay, great. So you, we can assess that you have accomplished some hard things. Let's talk about how you accomplished those. What were your best practices? What were the things that that caused you to stray? What were the things that caused you to, to keep on focus? And really, they answer these questions. So I have somebody who's writing their dissertation right now, and we, she's gotten her master's, she's gotten to certain points. And so we talk about how did you get through that? How did you get through your master's? I hired a coach and they kept me in, we cut things off in small chunks and we don't look at the end game. We look at what we have to accomplish in the next week. This is where I want to be in, in three months. This is where I want to be in six months. This is where I want to be in nine months. And if that's overwhelming, this is where I want to be in three days. This is where I want to be in one hour. So we break it down into chunks and not look at the end game because that's when everybody shuts down. That's when they're like, I can't do that. That sounds terrible if you go through that journey in your brain. But if I'm like, hey, let's say in the next week, you've written one paragraph of your business plan. What does that look like? They're like, well, I can do that. And a lot of times they sit down to do that and then they write a whole page of their business plan. By the time they've gotten another meeting with me, they're like, okay, I wrote my business plan. I just needed to start and I needed some encouragement. I'm like, awesome. Okay, what's next? That's how I think it's effective to work with somebody. Yes, totally. So small steps leading to more bigger steps and they automatically do because an object at rest is more difficult to push because... Of course, there is more fiction, but it is once movie. Same goes with humans. Once we are in the flow state, it is easier to move forward faster. Uh, next question to you is about misconceptions. What are the misconceptions in the coaching industry? That's a good question. A lot of uh, misconceptions, one of the biggest ones that I get is the difference between therapy and coaching. And when a client comes to me, I, I really clear about the differences because a lot of people maybe can't find a therapist and so they go to coaching instead thinking they might get therapy too, um, which is dangerous for me to provide, right? I'm not uh, certified in that completely different realm. So how I break it down to them is therapy is a lot about your past, right? We're dissecting your past. We're trying to figure out and face and heal and all of that and bring you to the present. And coaching picks up from present and takes you into the future. And so we do inform our coaching with the past, like this one woman who had the foster parent, right? Okay, that's good to know. Now we know what we're working with in order to go forward. And so really illustrating that to my clients is really important. And there are times that we will hit up against that therapy realm and I'll be like, okay, 
this is a really good thing to package and take to your therapist. So I always encourage my clients to find a therapist too. It's a really good compliment to coaching. So that's one. A lot of, it's like this kind of surreal like thought. Like when I was thinking of coaching, I was like, what's that? Because anybody can call themselves a coach. And there are a lot of not great coaches out there, irresponsible coaches out there that are just calling themselves a coach and maybe aren't doing the, the work on learning the difference between therapy and coaching and what's good and what's bad. A lot of people think I have all this information in my head and I'm going to regurgitate it to these people and that I'm going to call myself a coach. So really um, looking into what the difference is and how you're empowering your client. And I think a lot of people have a confusion about what coaching is. I think there's also this, because there are so many coaches out there, people can just wake up one morning and call themselves a coach. People think, oh, this is a sham. And I agree with that. There's a lot of sham coaching out there and it's really hard to get through all the, the muck to get to the real effective and true coaches. I think that's really confusing for people. I know it confuses me sometimes. I'm like, really? You're a coach? I think that's hard for coaches that are really doing a great job too, because there's just, there's so much mess out there. Um, coaching is expensive. We don't, uh, we don't take insurance like therapists do. And I think people are turned off by some of the, the coaching expenses. And yeah, I think you can get really expensive coaches. I know there's really popular coaches out there that are charging you hundreds of thousand dollars a year. And then there's and then there's people on the lower end that are there to get you through these smaller tasks. I look at coaching as something that people, I'm a tennis player and if I didn't have coaching, I could still play tennis. I could learn tennis. It would be ugly. It would not be pretty at all. And so I'm a coach that cheers me on, that reforms my my technique and stuff like that. So yes, you can do life without coaching. Absolutely. But wouldn't it be nice to be doing it and have somebody being like, yes, awesome. Or wait a minute, why are we stopping? Or, and asking really powerful questions to get you there faster. Got it. Therapy is not coaching and every coach is not the right coach. So do some research, do some work for choosing the right coach for you. Karen, people are curious yeah. now to reach out to you. So please provide us with everything. That is a good way of reaching out to you. So is it your email? Is it your website? Is it your social media? Tell us about it. Please, yes. Go ahead and go to my, because I think it's really important that there's a fit between coaches and clients. Go to my website and read some of my blogs, read some of my philosophy and stuff like that. And that's at www.coachcaren.me. And through that, you can see my social media. You can see... I said my writing. Um, you can text me. You can email me. You can set up a complimentary appointment with me. I'd love to meet anyone who would just be interested in learning more about coaching. Like I said, I have a half hour to 45 minute complimentary meeting just so we can say, hey, I'm very honest. If I don't think that it's a fit, I will be the first to say, hey, I've got some other people you might want to meet. But if I do feel it's a fit, I hope the other person does too. And we go from there. Coach me. Yeah. Coach Karen dot me. Correct. So final question, Karen. And this one is about the action steps. What do you suggest the listener does after hearing this conversation? Next few steps for us. So action steps to finding a coach or to just in entrepreneurial in life. I have so many coaches come to me and they're like, how do I get everything into place? And you just learn by doing. And I think that's life too. And so we take our inner critic out. And we, I'm a big proponent of, I don't really use the word fail and success. I don't believe them. I feel like there's learning. We do things 
and it doesn't work out, we've learned, right? We go through other steps right after we've learned. Success feels like another measurement that has failure right behind it. Accomplishment, awesome. Oh my gosh, I've gotten this much further. Okay, I'm going to try this now. Uh Uh-oh, that didn't work. Huh, these are the things I need to change. That's how I would approach all life. If there's something you want to do, if it's not like horribly dangerous or going to hurt other people, do it. Try it. Take a bite. Let's see how it goes. You have nothing to lose. So action step is taking your next step, guys. Got it? Do it bravely. Just do it and don't think about it. There's so many people that come to me. They haven't done so many things for so many years out of fear of failing. Fear of, and I'm like, what if we learned it? What if we just learn, right? We're just going to go get some information. I have a lot of my clients, when they go into something, I say, okay, you're a computer and you're just gathering data. That's it, right? There's no emotion involved. You're just getting all the information you can and making a decision based on what you've learned. That's the next step, right? It's kind, it's calm, and it doesn't have the emotional piece of it. Sure thing, sure thing. So you have heard, guys, what you have to do, so do that. And if you wish, to reach out to Karen and if you resonate with her, reach out to her at coachkaren.me and C-A-R-E-N. So Karen, thank you so much for such a great conversation. It was a pleasure and an honor to host you today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Thank you again. And I am your host Kiran Nagrad signing off for the day. You guys take care. Bye guys.